0: Number one would be trust yourself and trust the experience that you have. You know yourself better than anyone else, so just know that. They don't know anything about you other than the resume that you've shared, if they've even taken the time to look at it properly. Number two is there are no rules to interviewing. Generally speaking, there are no rules to interviewing. If you need time to think about what you want to say, pause, take a minute, take 30 seconds. If you are answering a question and you've got off track, pause, let them know, I'm off track, I'm not answering your question, let me start again so that I'm answering what you're asking. The last thing is just about being yourself. You don't need to pretend like you have 20 years experience or that you've done every scenario that they're looking for, there's, you know, this element of like fake it till you make it. I agree with it in some ways. And a lot of ways I'm like, just be yourself. They'll be able to tell in your interview if you're being genuine or not, you know, be yourself.
1: Welcome to Check Your Aesthetic Podcast, the go-to podcast for self-starting creatives. I'm Katie Campbell, the owner of Katie Creative Co., a social media management agency located in Baton Rouge,
2: Louisiana. And I'm Alexis Aldrich, a Vermont-based content creator focused on promoting productivity that fits your unique lifestyle and growing my career in marketing and creative business strategy.
1: On CYA, you will catch authentic conversations around entrepreneurship, social media, self-care, and the creative industry.
2: If you're looking to grow your online following, boost your productivity, and connect with other ambitious female creatives, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into this week's episode.
0: Hello, Alexis. Hello.
1: Wow. Hello. (laughs) Guys, you do not just come here for the most entertaining, smartest, sexiest girls. You also come here for the best singers on the internet.
2: The slayest.
1: We literally are. Mm -hmm. We are. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to start off this episode by saying that something very exciting has happened to me, and it is that I have new brand colors. Isn't that fun?
2: Oh, I'm excited to talk about
1: this. I'm Alexis. (laughs)
2: Do you know why I'm excited to talk about
1: this? So, okay, so let's start this off by, (laughs) this is just something that I know everybody listening is going to understand. I had brand colors, you know, and I've never, you know, I I made my own logo because we're DIYing at this time. We are DIYing at this time. <laughs> and I you know, that's something that could be a whole topic of a whole episode of like what should you DIY and what shouldn't you? And that's totally different write for that each down person. In the notion. I like and that. We idea. Should. But, you know, it's different for each person at different points in time. I know one day I probably will be hiring somebody, but now is not that time. Yeah. So I had my brand colors, my logo, whatever. But I started only using brown. Literally yep. only using tan and brown and white. And yep. I was like, okay, my page is looking boring it's looking sad and it's looking boring Mm -hmm. and so i was like it's time for brand colors do you want to know who came to the rescue alexis adams (laughs) aldrich
2: I created i'm such a savior i
1: literally thank god what would i do without you yeah
2: i know i like i work so hard i i'm a single mom who works two jobs two
1: jobs you're actually working zero jobs (laughs) (laughs)
2: I, <laughs> I am currently working um, no jobs. And so when Katie was like, um, hey, I do do the podcast. That's a job. That is, yeah. And I have actually been kind of in my like semi-slay era with like actually posting content to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, slay. Um, but yeah, I am in my currently unemployed era. Um, so when Katie was like, she was just lost, alone, on the street, um, branding-wise. I was like, you know what? I am going to take... You know what? I'll do it. I'm for gonna free. Take some I'll do this time. for you. I will do this for free and send you different options. Please. Via Procreate. And mm-hmm. I just really came to the rescue. So, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we together did some some work. And now I have some brand colors. So if you go to my Instagram, it's more colorful now, which I know everybody's been on the edge of their seat about because everybody only cares been about me.
2: shaking. And That's like, literally
1: the only thing any of y'all care about.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: obviously. Um, but actually, today's guest and today's episode is super, super slay. It is a super, super slay. It is a requested episode. Oh it God, is yeah. an important episode. And it is something that is a little bit different. You know, usually we're, we're talking, primarily to the entrepreneur, but today we're talking primarily to the person who wants to work, which I think, you know, we talk all the time about it in the podcast, like to be a creative person, like you don't have to be working for yourself. And a lot of you guys that listen, we know that you aren't. So today we had um, Jenna, and I'm gonna pronounce her last name wrong. So there we go. Jenna On, She is the founder of Own the Interview, and she is an interview coach. And she is so fun and smiley and sweet and I just you you guys know every time we have a guest on we're like okay let's obsess over them and let's be literally obsessed with them for forever um but yeah so Jenna, Jenna is an interview prep and career coach and she offers coaching courses all kinds of resources on her website which we'll have all linked in the show notes but we talked all about Everything from your resume, what to include, what not to include, questions to ask in an interview, how to be confident in an interview, questions not to ask, when to send a follow up email, just everything. So if you are in the process of trying to find a job or if you've ever been there or if you're planning on being there in the future, which I think most of us are, this yeah. is a very good episode for you to listen or to. Or even
2: just updating your resume, which I think that like, a lot of people wait until like the last minute possible to update your resume, like be rep- updating that thing. Always, and, absolutely, and yeah. always be staying on LinkedIn because you never know what mm-hmm. can come up.
1: So, mm-hmm. and you're gonna see, like, we we actually talked about this in the episode, but it's consistently checking job postings, seeing what people are looking for is a great way yeah. to really have a, like a very robust and up to date resume where you're not kind of like you said, like cramming at the last minute. Like, let me update. Yeah, this. and um, even
2: just like even just like knowledge in the industry because especially in mm-hmm. like creative creative things everything is updating year by year so you might be in something and you've been in that job for what like five years and just Mm -hmm. in that seemingly short period of time things have changed so much so make sure that you're looking pretty consistently so
1: absolutely and Jenna also we didn't specifically talk about it in the episode but on her page like I said she's an interview prep and career coach so she talks a lot about you know in your career as well so even if you're not looking for a job right now um her content is definitely really useful for you as well so I've, i feel like we should just stop wasting time because we had a pretty good interview with jenna yes um that we should just
2: go let's ahead and her and talk because we need to shut up <laughs> yeah.
1: all right so keep listening to hear all of the amazing things that jenna had to say
2: we are going to take a quick break to hear from our new bestie our sponsor for this week Okay, bye.
1: Alexis, can you guess what is on my feet right now?
2: Is it comrade socks?
1: You are correct. I will say, I have never been a sock person. Alexis has always been a sock person. Yes. She stays wearing socks. Yes. And my boyfriend is a sock person. I have to ask him to take off his socks whenever we go to sleep because it grosses me out. I don't want him to be wearing his socks in my bed. Now, comrade socks, maybe I'd let him wear. <laughs> in my bed. But, um, these socks have changed me into a sock person.
2: And I will say, so when we got sent these, it's not that Katie was negative, but I would say Mm -hmm. that she was... I was sock neutral. You were very sock neutral. And I was like, socks. This is great. And I knew because Comrade socks are socks with benefits and they have compression. And I think that like, especially working from home, I mean, really any job that you're working at on a computer my legs be cramping. And Mm -hmm. I love any sock that kind of has that like snug feeling because it just helps with circulation and it helps me not getting that restless foot leg kind Mm -hmm. of feeling. So I Mm -hmm. knew that I was going to be obsessing. And I told Katie, you need to be wearing these every day. And Katie's like, you know, they're socks. And then I forced her to wear them. And she's like, you know what? I understand.
1: These aren't just socks. These aren't just socks. Yeah. And I think, so I'm somebody who wears a lot of no-show socks. I need no-show socks for a lot of my shoe choices. And no-show socks, it's very hard to find a no-show sock that does not slip down your foot. It is so hard. They're slipping off your heel. You're getting blisters. Comrade socks, seriously, some of the best no-show socks that I've ever tried on. And they have that compression. And if you're wondering, what is a compression sock? Why should I have one? That some of the benefits of compression socks are pain relief, all-day comfort, brain like sharpness, um, Mm. more energy and heart health. There's so many benefits to compression socks. And you can feel that, you know, the compression, it's not like just a super tight sock, you know, it's kind of compressed in the right areas. Um, But love the no shows. I love literally every single pair that I've tried from them. And I like Alexa said, I you know, I'm not a sock girl. So that turns me into a sock brat. And I, I have been a fan of Comrade. Yeah,
2: especially if you, if you are someone who, let's say I have not so far, I have not purchased this, but eventually when I do get my walking pad, I am going to be staying in Comrade socks because it also helps with like, if you're someone that works like retail or works in like, you know, food services, if you're on your feet all the time, these help like literally so much. And especially for me, I am like hella flat footed. And so these suck your little inner foot part, you know, like the arch, it like sucks it in. And it's just like really innovative. Absolutely.
1: We love it. So if you want to shop, go to ComradeSocks.com and you can shop all of their different styles. And yeah, we're Comrade fans for life.
2: Hi, Jenna. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Why don't you go ahead
0: and introduce yourself for anyone that is new to you and your content? Yes. So good morning, everyone. I'm Jenna Mulherrin and I'm an interview prep and career coach, and I'm based out of North Vancouver in British Columbia, Canada. And um, I'm here with my husband, and I have two little girls, a five-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> and I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me and chatting through all things interviewing.
1: That's of course. so exciting. I was just thinking this is very meta. It's an interview with a with an interview. Group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is something Alexis and I have talked about on the podcast before, kind of, you know, interviews, resumes. Um because we recognize that not everybody who listens to our podcast is gonna want to work for themselves. There's a lot of people who want to go into a, a career, and that means a or lot both. of interviewing. Exactly, yeah, both, for there's, sure. There's also there's set, like if you run a business, there's a pretty high chance you're gonna be interviewing somebody one day. So it's 100%. you know fun to talk about from both sides. But let's kind of start the way that we kind of structured this episode on our side is starting from the top. So you know you make your resume all the way down to you get the job. So let's kind of start with resume the first step obviously to landing a job what are some of the must includes on a resume for you
0: yeah so that's totally it what you just said there is that the resume is what's going to get you the interview the Mm -hmm. interview is what's going to get you the job so some Mm -hmm. of the must haves on a resume my perspective on resumes is to always include um you know, results that you've had in the jobs that you've held. So not just rewriting your job description on your resume, but actually Mm -hmm. writing the results that you've had. So Mm -hmm. um, if there's anything that you can include around how much, how many, how often you did something, you achieved something, the amount of people involved, all of those types of things, I think are all really key and important to include on the resume. And the other thing that I want to highlight, and I'll probably sound like a broken record over the course of our conversation, is that the job posting of whatever role that you've applied to, it's gold. It has so much good insight and information on it, right? And so it's not to say that you necessarily have to tailor your resume to every job you've applied for. Oftentimes when you're applying for roles or when people are applying for roles, they're applying for the same type of role. So maybe you're applying for a marketing coordinator marketing manager, marketing specialist, but it's all within marketing. And so your resume likely will be already tailored to all those different positions. Um, But the job posting, going back to that, it's looking through and identifying the skills, ability, and experience that they're looking for and making sure that that's included on your resume, that you're highlighting your accomplishments in those areas and that you're showing them that you had the skills, abilities, and experience to do the job already from point number one.
1: Yeah. I love that and I think for me anytime I've applied to jobs I kind of think of my resume as like locked you know like that's the thing you don't change and you change your cover letter but I like what you said about like you can tailor your resume because you do so much in one job maybe one thing you did is not applicable to one job you're applying to but it's super applicable to another so I think that's it's a very good point. I think
2: I think also um the advice that my mom is, she works for a pretty big hospital and she does a lot of hiring and a lot of interviewing and everything and interviewing other people. And a big piece of advice that she always gave me was even when you're not looking for a job, be looking and seeing what the types of jobs that you'd like in the future, what those job listings say. And so Mm -hmm. like, what do you, what are they asking for? What are the requirements that they want? Um, And kind of use that as your talking points in the resume and that doesn't even have to be like specifically the job that you want to apply for it's just kind of using that as like a barrier or not a barrier like a um kind of a template almost like I'm gonna make sure that yeah I have these words
0: yes so one of the things that I encourage people to do often is to look at roles that they want to go into eventually one day or that they're interested in and then to identify what experiences do they have that match that position description and what experiences or skills do they not have yet and then you can start to look for okay what role or what can I do on my current job right now to start to gain those skills and experiences so that when the dream job comes up you're ready to go and you've already had some yeah yeah and people your mom's a smart woman Yeah, I feel
1: like we don't talk about enough or, like, think about enough. At least I never have. And Alexis and I have talked about this idea, too. I think a lot of times people think, all right, I'm going to get a job, and I'm going to have that job until I die. Like, I'm going to get this one job, and I'm going to have that job until I die. Like, that's how it's going to work. That's how it's supposed to work. Especially if you've grown up, like, you know, like I have with my dad. He worked, you know, he's a lawyer. So there's only so many options, first of all. But, you know, when when you're a lawyer, you're working up to being a partner at a firm, and then you're a partner, and that's that's what you do, you know? Yes. But... A job is not only to make money or to do what your boss says. It's to train you for the future. Like you should be, yes. um, you should, you know, you should have a job that where you're learning. And if you're not, then that's probably a sign that it's time to move on to like a higher position or you know another job. Yeah, I agree. Um, which I feel like that's something that people do not talk about enough. But okay, on the flip side with the resumes, <laughs> yes. What are some red flags? Things to avoid? Things that if you saw them, you'd be like. Yes.
0: Not. Okay. So, I mean, people have different opinion, maybe differing opinions in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not an advocate of putting your photo on a resume. I think it's unnecessary, and um, I may I don't even know where that came from as like a good idea, but I, I think it's unnecessary. I don't necessarily have like a, a great reason why, um, mm-hmm. other than. I think from like an equitable standpoint, like what are we trying to achieve when we put our picture on there? I don't, that part I don't think is necessary. And then, you know, you might think that this photo is really great and then it actually might not appeal to the person that's looking at the resume and then just scoot over you. So just, just avoid the picture, I think it's unnecessary. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. Um, another thing is inconsistency across your whole resume. So date formatting. Um, If you're Mm -hmm. hyperlinking some things, and you're not hyperlinking some things. If you're speaking in um, the third person or whatever it is, whatever formatting you choose, just making sure that it's consistent all the way through. And then another red flag would be – I had mentioned it already. Oh, I have two more. I had mentioned the one already, which was around just repeating what's on your job description, put the results in there. And then the one that I got excited about – is around skills if you can think about a resume or like a canva template and it's like write down your skills here and people list out like eight skills but then Mm -hmm. there's no context to them so my suggestion is to always at the top of your resume you'll have like your summary of who you are or your profile of who you are and then under that choose three skills that you really want to highlight that are relevant to the job that you've applied for or that you're applying for have those there and then have like a little summary of Mm -hmm. it can be like one sentence around what you've done to hone that skill it could be again thinking about like the key performance indicators of how much how many how often Mm -hmm. think about that to um, put at the top rather than just listing skills out I find that to be just irrelevant and like a waste of space
1: Totally. I love that. Yeah, because you you can't have a two page resume. You do not want to be having like you got. You, you might. You, you might. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But usually the rule of thumb that I hear a lot of the time is that you want to keep it. To obviously as short yeah. as possible. Like don't put your high school education.
0: Yeah, you don't need to put yeah. your high school education. I think it will always come back to what is the job and so like, what is most relevant for the person mm-hmm. that's going to be reviewing your resume. So you might yeah. end up having a two-page resume. I think that's okay, especially as, your, as you um, get further and further along in your right. career, you if you've held different jobs. Exactly. You might want to um, put those things on there. And there may be Um, people out there that have a lot of different jobs and so their role or their resume is six pages long, like for sure you're going to be able to cut that back and again, just (laughs) tailor it to exactly what they're looking for um, in job posting.
2: Totally. I also want to mention that I think something that's important is taking like the design into account and like what job are you applying for and what type of resume, what, what are they looking for? So, When I, and I I think it's interesting that you say like the the photo thing, that's actually something that Katie and I have talked about, I believe on the podcast, if not just the two of us, but um, whether or not to include a picture. And I, my undergrad was in um, art education and I had been told to use a picture. And I think that now looking back, I think that was because I was applying to like elementary schools and Mm. they want to see that you have like a kind face and like they want to see they i think that they want to be able to like picture like if you're going to be a first grade teacher you're in like a cute outfit and like you look like you could have like fun yeah that makes sense like totally you know but i think also like when i applied to my social media management job my resume was literally pink yeah you know if i'm applying to my fiance's job in like a tech company my resume sure is how it isn't gonna be gonna be pink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's gonna be like black and white, maybe like one neutral color. Yes. Um. So I think that that's
0: important yeah. as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. Whenever I connect with people that are applying for roles within something creative, like graphics or, um like an agency I always Mm -hmm. encourage that that you have something that is more creative Mm -hmm. for your resume um, and that you have a portfolio that you can access online somewhere whereas yeah for other positions and other industries I prefer like a simple resume Mm. just considering the people that are going to be reviewing your resume how many they actually look at it's not about like oh, this resume looks different and it's standing out. It's like, what's the easiest to read? And can Absolutely. I find the words that I'm looking for, i.e. the experiences that I need to fill this job? And that's Absolutely. what's going to catch their eye to stop and pause. But yes, industry is something to take into consideration for sure. Yeah, Definitely. I love
1: that. Okay, so so you've submitted your resume and you've gotten an interview. Yes.
0: Yay. Interview time. Celebrate. Um,
1: Okay, so obviously there's a lot of stress kind of before and as you're walking into that interview, no matter if it's online, if it's in person, you know, whatever the circumstances. So what are your tips for showing up confidently to an interview, kind of those beginning stages?
0: Yes. Okay, so anytime showing up for an interview I think um, there's three things that I always recommend the first is to rest your mind so the day like we're thinking like you're going for an interview that day take time in your day to pause and just rest your mind because likely you've been if you're a person that gets nervous which I am so um, this is how I teach is from my point of view is Mm -hmm. to not be thinking about the prep that you've done and to just overload your mind. Think of it. Like if you were going into an exam, what they always say, like, don't read your, like, study notes, yeah. walking in, right? Yeah. Um, so just thinking about resting your mind. The second thing is moving your body. So I find like moving the energy around in your body that could be going for a walk that could be going for some type of workout, just, you know, getting outside, breathing in fresh air, whatever that looks like for you, mm-hmm, but moving mm-hmm. your body. And then the third, and my favorite one is to call someone in your life that really is your like biggest cheerleader? They're gonna mm-hmm. pump your tires and just let them, you know, speak wonderful things about you and cheer you on going into that interview. You will feel that much more confident walking yeah, in. Yeah, totally agree. And then I can't. Um, forget to say, because people always bring this one up, is like the Superman stance. Have you heard of this before? I've done Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, me too. I've done that multiple times. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you don't know what that is, it's just about standing really strongly in one spot with your legs like maybe like a foot apart or two feet apart and your hands down by your side and just close your eyes and take some deep breaths in and just like Visualize doing a good job in your interview, and just it's about calming your body and like bringing good energy into your body. So amazing! If I, did I miss anything there from your no, experiences I love doing that. It? Yeah, yeah,
2: I have. It's so like embarrassing <laughs> when you're like, I I was having like an interview somewhat recently, and I just had that like five minutes before, and it's like a remote interview, so I'm just like in my office like what am I supposed to do for the next five minutes and so I just stand in the window like with my arms yes, like, yes. outstretched and I'm like I feel like the biggest like idiot but it does help it's like it does I've gone into a
0: washroom yeah. stall and done it mm-hmm. I'm like okay yeah. I have five minutes I'm gonna run yeah. into the washroom stand in the stall and do it okay. like,
2: yeah
1: yeah, it like out. it gives you something to do other than just like yeah,
2: sitting, sitting there, there and like you know? thinking. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think that's it's helpful for a number of reasons. But <laughs> yeah. everybody knows about that. I feel like they tell you about that in middle school, and then like you keep hearing about it your entire. Life. And they yeah, talked. They it. talked
2: about it in um, Ted Lasso as well. When, yeah. Like. She does like the growl or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I wanna ask about, I think that this is one of the biggest things that people get anxiety about is like those quote unquote tough questions. Yes. And what are they gonna be? How am I gonna answer them? Am I gonna look nervous when they come up? So, what would you say are some typical quote unquote tough questions? And how, what would the best way to go
0: about answering them be? Okay. There's a couple different ways that we can answer this. So the first way I'll share is oftentimes the most simple questions are the most difficult to answer. And it's because mm-hmm. yeah. we haven't prepared ourselves for them. So like, mm-hmm. why do you want the job? Or how does this job support your future career goals? Right? Why this company or why, you know, what um, core value of the um, the company do you connect with the most like those yeah. are the ones that should be basic review that often get missed so the um, you know the thing to combat that is just to make sure that you spend time on those simple questions or seemingly simple questions um, and really think about that like why do you want this job
2: yeah mm. and i I think even just like the question the question like uh, tell me about yourself, like tell me a little bit about yourself, that can be like uh, just from um, doing interview prep at my um, graduate school, that was one of the biggest questions that we would get in like these halls that, you know, the um, presentations about how to do like best interview practices, that yeah. was always the first question that someone yeah. would ask. How do I answer, tell me a little bit about yourself? It's like the smallest some seemingly easiest question to yes. answer, but it's so difficult once you start yeah. thinking. I'm about
1: like, it. I have two brothers, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: like what?" So like, you're like, "I'm 25. I don't care. <laughs> my favorite <Yeah>. show is <laughs> yeah,
0: totally." So I I always think about talking from the past, and then talking about the present, and then moving into the future. So you can talk. Mm-hmm. This is like a little bit about my past career wise. This mm-hmm. is where I am presently. And then in the future, this is how this role is going to support my future career goals, and mm-hmm. I see myself really supporting this company and growing. And da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da, da. Um, so that's how I would answer that "tell me about yourself" question: past, present, future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another question around just anything to do with maybe weaknesses or failures that you've had. So mm-hmm. this doesn't need to be anything like crazy that you share it the reason why the interviewer asks the question is to understand do you have self-awareness around where you have improvement or where there's areas of improvement um areas to hone and if you can recognize times where you've made mistakes and this is how you are going to deal with them in the future so not to like overthink this one um and try to think of something that's like crazy that's happened but just reflect ahead of time, and some questions that you can ask yourself are like, you know, what is one of the biggest challenges that you've had maybe with a leader or a peer that you've worked with, anything that's around communication, um, like challenging communication that you've had, Mm -hmm. um, and just thinking about the, like, maybe the greatest learnings that you've had in your career, and there's often somewhere that you can find a weakness that you need to hone, um or an area of opportunity of failure that you've had
1: yeah and I feel like a lot of times with that question you hear this taught sometimes I've heard this in you know various college you know like you were saying Alexis like how to kill your interview um but also have heard you know differing opinions on this I don't personally I don't think from my experience that you should try to like Trick your interviewer into being like this is my weakness, but yes. really it's that yeah. I'm too good at my job. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the point. Like, I think the no. point is to say like, it not, nobody's perfect at everything. It's it, like you said, it's just about them seeing that you're self aware and maybe them seeing like maybe if your weakness is time management and that's something that they struggle with already, then you're probably not a good you know yeah not a good match or whatever. Yes, but um. I feel like being, you know, you don't need to be honest about your biggest failure that you've ever had, but like, just say something that was actually didn't go great. Everybody yes. has things that didn't go great. You don't need to be like, my biggest weakness is that I am always the smartest person, and it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, like <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, it doesn't need... yeah, everyone, it doesn't, right? it doesn't yeah. need to be like that. I feel like, but you know, okay. So at the at the end of an interview, um, like usually this is at the end. Sometimes it's kind of throughout. Obviously, I think one of the hardest things is. Having coming up with what questions you should be asking, obviously, it's really important, and that shows like that level of interest that shows that you kind of know how to interview, that's just part of the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, what are your, in your opinion, what are some good questions to ask in an interview? Um, and kind of like where to start with like developing those?
0: Yes, okay, this is my favorite because I believe there are always questions that can be asked Um, and to never leave not having asked a question. And I, when I first started interviewing people, I had a, an HR partner and I used to always, as seeming, I don't know why, but we always ended up interviewing together. They always paired us to interview people. And mm-hmm. we would always be like, oh, again, they didn't have any didn't questions ask to questions. ask us. They're crazy. Okay, so the first thing I want you to think about when you're thinking of questions to ask at the end of the interview is, do the research on the company because when you start looking into the organization and you start looking into the role, you'll naturally be start to be curious about, okay, what other responsibilities might I be? Res- like yeah. in my duties, that could be something that comes up or just curiosities that you have around the organization. So start to, as you're researching, make notes of what things you're curious about. These are questions that you can ask at the end of the interview. Mm-hmm. The next thing is, Think about who is going to be interviewing you. So likely in the interview process, you're going to start with a recruiter or someone from HR. That's usually yeah. the first interview, and it's a screen, right? Are you who you say you are on your resume? Like just verifying that you are who you are. Are you a murderer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. or no? Yeah. <laughs> um, like quite plain. That's what they're going to ask you. Okay, so usually in that conversation, you can start to ask them even like, who are the people that I'm going to be interviewing with moving forward? So that could Mm. be a question that you ask just around format. And that's then to prepare around what types of questions are specific to each group that are going to be interviewing me. So what I mean by that is you're going to ask different questions to the recruiter than you are to a peer, that you are to the hiring manager than you are to HR. Um, and so a screen conversation, what questions you can ask around in that conversation are, is this a new, net new role or is this a backfill role? Did someone just quit because they're miserable because the organization yeah. is actually horrible? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not going to tell you that specifically, but you'll right. get something <laughs> from them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this could also be the time that you ask about salary. So you could say, like, what are the salary um ranges for this position that's a good time because it's someone who's unbiased to Mm. filling the role this is someone that's like removed from that specific department you don't want to ask a peer you might ask the hiring manager it's likely not appropriate to have that conversation when you first meet with them and they're trying to determine you or not um but I think in that initial screen is a great time and then if you meet with HR that could be a great time too to ask about salary um and then when I think about interviewing with a peer you could ask them like how does filling this job support you in achieving your professional goals or your You know, your goals for the year. Um, What do you love most? You know, that's a simple, basic question. But it's it's interesting to hear, like, what do you love most about working here? How long have you worked here? Just getting an idea from them around company culture. You know, there's a culture that exists on the website. And then there's a culture that actually exists internally. Yeah. So it's important that you start to, you know, peel back by asking some questions around that. Mm The hiring manager, you know, what does great look like in this in this specific mm-hmm. job? Um, that's a good question to ask. And then for HR, again, it could come back to salary. It can come back to, you know, what has turnover been like um, at the organization? Um, I have got a really great resource that I can share um, with you afterwards if you want to link, link it. it. Yeah, and there's like a, a, over about 20 or plus questions around mm-hmm. different questions to ask yeah amazing amazing so we talked about questions
2: that you should definitely ask and I think that's something that's really interesting in interviews is when you start to ask the questions that maybe shouldn't be asked okay (laughs) and I want to know what questions you think that is and like what is it especially I think one of the most interesting aspects of interviewing, like you said, is like, this is appropriate to ask this question then. It's not, it's not appropriate to ask this question
0: then. Yes. Okay. So, um, the question around pay, I believe that At the beginning of a conversation, regardless of who you decide you're going to ask that question to, like, right away in the interview, like, do you have any questions before we get going? Yes. How much am I going to make in this role? I I just don't think that's the right timing for that. Right. And then everything that we've talked about already around salary. So that would be, like, something to consider and think about. Um, another question that I think is maybe not the best question it's not necessarily inappropriate I just don't think it makes sense to ask the interviewer at the end of the interview if they have any feedback for you um, mm. I think if you do have that question send it in an email afterwards email. Mm-hmm. like give them time to really think like there are people out there that are really good at processing in the moment and they will like if you were to ask me that at the end of the interview I mean this is my job Mm -hmm. is around interviewing so I could share feedback with you in the moment but oftentimes the people that are interviewing you there's probably 50% of them if not more don't interview that often they're not like expert interviewers so they may need a little time to process like what was the conversation like like let me review my notes and then be able to give you some like strong Mm -hmm. feedback so if you want like, a good, solid piece of feedback that you actually can apply, then I would wait to ask that question afterwards. So that would be that. And um, in addition to that is being really specific about the question that you ask. So is there anything that you would offer me as feedback to change in how I spoke about my career failure for the future? Like, really, just, Mm. like, ask them something specific to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing would be to not be talking negatively about your past employer or totally. your coworkers totally. is something to not do. So it's not necessarily a question, but just, I mean, the question could be asked, like, why are you leaving your your current my organization? My job sucks. Or, I hate my boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, not, <laughs> yeah. that's not what you want to say. There's yeah. other ways that you can talk about your choice to leave and the yeah. pursuit of other goals and building out your skill set and your tool belts and maybe things weren't as you expected or what you signed on yes. for but you're excited about the future and this role kind of thing yes. it's like steering it away from the past the negative and of, yeah yeah exactly. that's
2: something that's something that um my uh grad school people would say all the time is like even if there's like a negative like a super negative thing with a past employer that you're not gonna lead with that that like even if they ask like why are you leaving? And you think, because I hate my job. You say first, because I'm looking, I'm looking for a new opportunity to do X, Y, and Z. Yes. And maybe you say like, you know, I have felt that my company can be a bit disorganized or like whatever, but you never say, especially a person. Like, yes, I don't it. like this person. She's mean to me. Like, yeah, yeah, don't, mm-hmm.
0: don't say that. Mm-hmm. You could say, um, you know, I a value of mine is and maybe yep. that's one of the values of the organization, that's something that's missing from my current organization. Yes, I and, love that. and blah blah blah. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Another
2: another one that I just thought of that I want to ask is, and this goes along with like the follow-up email type thing. Yes. How do you let's say you're super excited about a job? How do you balance the I'm really excited about this opportunity? but I don't want to sound literally insane. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I want to express, I want to express that I'm very passionate about this. This fits with my values. This would be great for my like future. It fits perfectly for me, but also not sounding like you're literally outside their window. Like, yes. You know, okay. It's so them funny that you store. say that.
0: I was chatting with one of my um, previous co-workers the other day she came for a visit and there was someone that we ended up hiring but in her initial interview she was over the top like very expressive <laughs> and like mm-hmm. to the point where I was like I don't know like how this person is going to behave with other people at the organization not not in a negative way but just off-putting yeah. because they were so like eager yes um and so yes so we ended up hiring that person and they and and I but I actually had to preface everyone that was interviewing you like she's really excited but her so her skill set was great and her energy was just like over the top so okay so when I think about what you just asked When you show up in an interview and you're answering the questions, you've thought about it, you've researched the company, you are just being really thoughtful about how you respond. It shows to me as the interviewer that you're engaged, that you're excited, and being able to just say, like, this role is a role that I've been working towards. I believe that my skills of this and my experience of this really complement the role I'm excited to share with you and to actually like get into the work and make a difference at the organization and also learn from people. I think just being able to speak really genuine from that place Mm -hmm. shows Mm -hmm. your enthusiasm without having to like bring, and you know, I, people can, couldn't see my, um, physical, um, (laughs) I, I was moving towards the, the computer when I was saying yes. that. Um, and I don't want, I, I want people to be themselves as well, right? Like, I, I don't want you to pretend like you're not who you, who you are. Um, but I think, yeah, being able to be aware of your body language and your voice inflections and all of that is important. And don't, mm-hmm. and don't overthink that as, as we're saying this.
1: Yeah. And I totally. think just keeping in mind a way to you know if you're like but I am so excited like how do I you know whatever keep in mind that in any interview like this is a mutually beneficial thing you're not going in there being like I love you guys so much like (laughs) you know you're not meeting Harry Styles like that's not what this is so I think keeping in mind like you know you're doing
2: you're
1: you're helping them yeah exactly and you thinking about it that way I think can be a good way to just kind of like ground your mind and yourself in that way just to be like okay I'm very excited about this, but they should be excited too. You yeah, know, yeah. rather than and just you're interviewing
2: you. them just as much as they're interviewing you. Absolutely, it's, yes, absolutely. it's a two-way street. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
0: can I t- can I say one thing as I'm thinking about of it? I mean, it might be something that we're going to end up talking about. I think it is, but um, it's also really important to send a thank you email. Uh, yep, that's the okay. next that's question. The next yeah, the yeah. yeah. go off <laughs> go off about can the thank I? you okay. email. Oh yes, yeah. okay. So <laughs> it's really surprising to me how many people don't send a thank you email and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is a way to stay relevant, to stay top of mind for the interviewers and the people that you've met. Mm -hmm. So always send a thank you email and be thoughtful about what you write in it. So if there's something that you forgot to mention in the interview that you really want them to know, this is your opportunity to put it in there. If you wanna show your enthusiasm and excitement, Here's another opportunity to just reemphasize that in the email. Hi, so and so, I'm so happy that or I'm glad that we got to connect the other day. Thank you for your time. I wanted I didn't get to share with you something that I think would be really important for you to know when making your hiring decision. It's A, B and C. Um, or it's thank you so much for interviewing with me. I really appreciated the time that you took to have our conversation. You know, I believe that my skill of A, B, C will Mm -hmm. really support the organization in achieving the organizational goals that we discussed during Mm -hmm. the interview. You know, if you have any questions or need any more information from me when making your decision, please give me a shout at this number. Here's my email address. Here's my LinkedIn profile or whatever it is. Like such a great way to just stay relevant, top of mind.
1: So when should that be sent? Like how soon after the interview? Yeah, I usually say the next day. Perfect. Okay. Okay.
2: Amazing. Amazing.
1: Um, Okay. So imagine POV. Somebody is listening right now. And this is our favorite. We always ask, you know, this style of question at the end of an interview. Um, Somebody is listening right now and they're on their way. They're driving to their interview. They're about to step foot in an interview. What are your, if you could only give them three tips for success, what are your top three tips for success for somebody about to go do the thing?
0: Number one would be, like, trust yourself and trust the experience that you have. Mm-hmm. Like, you know yourself better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just know that when you yeah. go in there, like, they don't know anything about you other than the resume yeah. that you've shared, if they've even taken the time to look at it properly. So know yeah. that you know yourself better than anyone else. So that's number one. Number two is, this is funny, but there are no rules to interviewing. I mean, in, in certain industries, there are. There are rules to like how they bring doctors or like how they totally. want doctors to mm-hmm. interview or whatever. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, there are no rules to interviewing. If you need time to think about what you want to say, pause. Take a minute. Take a minute. Take 30 seconds. Take 60 seconds. If you are answering a question and you've got off track, pause. Let them know, I'm off track. I'm not answering your question. Let me start again so that I'm answering what you're asking. Just do what you need to do to answer the questions well and be thoughtful and not ramble. Take your time. There are no rules to interviewing. Write down your notes if you have to. Like, write down the interview question. If you're yeah. interviewing over Zoom, ask them, can you put the question in the chat box? That will just give me more time mm. to look at the question and make sure I answer everything for you. Yeah. So those two things. And I the last thing, it's similar to the, the first one, but it's just about being yourself. Like, you don't need to pretend like you have... 20 years experience or that you've had you know you've Mm -hmm. done every scenario that they're looking for there's you know this element of like fake it till you make it like Mm -hmm. I I agree with it in some ways and a lot of ways I'm like just be yourself like Mm -hmm. like, they'll be able to tell in your interview if you're being genuine or not and It also brings a lot of, I think, extra nerves and pressure on the person if you're trying to remember to like, I got to say this and I got to say this and like, how do I spin this experience of mine to make sure that it meets what they're looking for? You know, be yourself.
1: Yes, totally. I love that. I love that. Amazing. Okay, so on to the random question. This one is yes. a very fun one. Okay, so today's random question is, what is an un- unpopular opinion you have that is Thanksgiving related? So Jenna, you can start us off.
0: Okay, I think, okay, so fun fact, I'm from Canada, and we had Thanksgiving a couple weekends ago. Oh. Fun. Yes, and I got a 6.4 kg turkey, which is like... <laughs> over 12 pounds and we were supposed to have people over and they canceled on us and so I cooked the turkey for my husband and I basically because our children were like I'm not interested and my husband doesn't like it so pretty much the whole thing yeah the whole thing kind (laughs) of went to waste there's turkey in the freezer right now because no one would eat it um -hmm. so but okay so I'm from Canada but a really popular thing I know in the states is football and we don't have football traditions uh, here in Canada. So I'll say mm-hmm. the my answer to this is going to be like that football is a must for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I
1: love that. That we definitely—that's definitely a thing in my family. We have yeah, well, always the football on the, I'm like, on the uh, whatever. Yeah. Guys, that's so boring. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alexis, okay, what's your unpopular opinion? I
2: mean, mine is just literally a blanket that like I just think Thanksgiving sucks. <laughs> I always have. I always have hated Thanksgiving. Alexis is always
1: <laughs> like, here to bring the positivity to the bon. <laughs> yeah.
2: Why? Why? Do you hate I, it? I don't. I don't know. There's I a lot of pressure. There's yes, I think that there's just a lot of pressure, and I think that like it's it's just too much and like what kind of I pressure like, I think sus- like S- societal pressure okay um, okay. no just like there's so many fa- like so much family I think there's a lot of pressure for everything to be perfect uh, I think yes. like I grew up where like my mom and my grandma would like cook all day and like they would get so much like not anxiety but they would be so like high strung to like make everything like perfect and and Mm. my on my other side my grandpa and my grandma would like have literally a spreadsheet that was laminated and like it would come out every year and it would be like a station and i'm like y'all are (laughs) doing too much like this is just like it's one day like it's yeah. gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't, I don't hate the experience, but I'm like, we're why? Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and like the whole like Black Friday thing starting on at like oh, three p.m. on Thanksgiving. I'm yeah. like, Not does necessary. that need to be like a thing? Yeah, yeah. So I know I'm just a hater, but Thanksgiving <laughs> sucks. Katie. It's
0: really close to Christmas for you guys as well. It that is it, too. It's, it just yeah. it,
2: like it starts off the holidays on a bad foot.
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> Alexis is a hating. I actually like Thanksgiving. Um I
2: know so, you do. Yeah,
1: so anyway. on the flip Katie, side, um, Katie, Katie, so.
2: Katie, Katie and I did this trend where it was like the um like you tell your husband like what color am I or whatever. But it was uh, it was but it was Katie and I and she said I was Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> I literally like Thanksgiving. Alexis was insulted. I was like, I'm sorry. that you
0: positive. Literally
1: shitting mind. on Thanksgiving, please. Um, okay, so I had one unpopular opinion, but it's just changed. So my unpopular opinion to start that I've written down was that leftovers are better than the meal, which I'm not even sure that's unpopular. But my <laughs> new one that. is that I really grind my gears. Stop acting like you have to wait for Thanksgiving to be over to decorate for Christmas. Oh yes, especially like people like now. I will say I went into a store yesterday, and we're recording this like mid-October, and it was already decorated for Christmas. That was stupid. Yeah, like yeah,
2: Halloween hasn't even happened yet. Yeah,
1: like you said in in the states, Thanksgiving is like November. It's a month before Christmas. Yeah. What do you think these retail stores are supposed to do? Sell Christmas items for one month? No. No. Anyway, I just love Christmas, but
0: that's that's my name. I love Christmas too. I start. The first week of November. Oh, yes. We love that. Um,
2: I also have, I just thought of another one that (laughs) I think that, um, this isn't really Thanksgiving, but I think that Christmas lights should be up for the last two months of the year.
1: Agreed. (laughs) Like, no, like you're saying, like, I think November, last year I struggled to wait to like November 12th to decorate for Christmas, but like... Mm -hmm. I gotta get in the vibes. I work in marketing. I'm supposed to be making Christmas content. Right yeah, now. literally. Like, it's <laughs> yes. Q4. Come on. It's time. It's literally time. <laughs> um, okay, Jenna, thank you so much for coming uh, onto the podcast today. You. I know our listeners are going to absolutely love this episode um, and get so much out of it. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you
0: online and keep up with you after they listen? Amazing. Thank you for having me so much. You both are very fun <laughs> to chat with. Um, so on Instagram, I'm at on the interview. And you can also find me on Pinterest and it's at On the Interview Social. Um, but those are the main two places. Lots of resources there. And then I also have a website on interview.CA And there's a blog there and all the goodness and free resources mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that's where you can find me.
2: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, follow us on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic and TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast.
1: If you want to support our show, text the link to this episode to a friend, share when you listen to CYA on your story, or leave a positive rating or review wherever you're listening to this episode.
2: If you want to hear more from us, be sure to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform.
1: We'll talk to you next Monday. See ya!